Hi, and welcome to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. Our mission here at Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to empower you to live well in spite of your mental health challenge by sharing insights through interviews, practical tools for living well, encouragement and courage for overcoming all from a Christian perspective. And now, here's your host, Pastor Brad Hayes. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. I'm Brad Hayes, your host. Our purpose here on Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to empower you to live a faith-filled, rich, and full life in spite of having a mental health diagnosis. Well, my friends, um, I'm really happy to have our guest here with me today, and um, we are talking through the phone line today, and uh, she's not able to be here in the studio with me, but I want to welcome Julie Thomas. Julie, we are so glad to have you. Um, Thank you for taking time out to talk with me. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm so humbled that uh, you would consider my story and what God has done. So bless your ministry. Thank you. Oh, yes, for sure. Now, listeners, I want to encourage you to do something. Um, I seldom have ever done this, but in the show notes, there's going to be a link to a video of Julie telling her story on the um I am second website. So I want to encourage you to click on that link, stop the podcast, click on the link, watch the video, and then listen to the podcast. Um, I think it'll really help you understand so that I don't have to rush Julie through her story so much as you can listen to her story and really get a sense of who she is and then come back to the podcast and um, hear, hear the rest of the story, so to speak. So, Julie, I didn't know, but you've walked for us here with Fresh Hope. You just told me that, right? Yes, a few years ago, but yes. Yeah, yes. well, that's that's incredible. The Lord has, um, he's got unusual ways, doesn't he? He does, definitely. <laughs> I definitely. always think I'm the one who thinks upside down, but it feels like he does. <laughs> no, yes, so, he definitely has his own ways for yes. us. Yes. Well, tell me about you and just a little bit about your family, and then maybe briefly share your story. Um, we'll assume that people have listened to the video, but kind of give us the rundown on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I live in Dallas, Texas with my family. I'm a mother. Um, I have two boys uh, that are in uh, high school and middle school right now. And so uh, I homeschool them up until this year. And this is their first time both in uh, full-time school. Oh boy. So yeah, that has, that has been my journey primarily for the past few years with being a mom and a wife and a homeschool mom. And uh, about when my youngest one was born, I had just wrapped up uh, grad school and I got my diagnosis that you hear of in the story, which is postpartum depression. And I got my certificate for my graduate degree in hand, both in the same time frame. So uh, at a point when I thought I got the highest education I can get and 
let's start to get a career from here while I'm while I take care of my children as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, life took a completely, completely uh, uh, unexpected deviation. Mm-hmm. And I was not able to go down the academic route at all, like I had planned. Mm-hmm. And it took us down, our, our family, it took our family down a route of dealing with postpartum depression in my life and the trauma it brings in my life and in our family and the you know the repercussions of all that and it was a long uh long journey yes yeah it sounds like you um in the video you talked about wanting out and there were numerous times that you overdosed and the lord saw fit to save you um but you made the comment about jesus in the garden and i found that really um insightful and touching because um, when you're facing that kind of deep depression, it does feel like you want out, doesn't it? It does, for sure. Um, You kind of feel like you're a burden to your children and your husband and your family. You kind of also want an out because of just how much uh, trauma this is causing to your mind and body and to the pits of our soul almost like you know it waking up every day with not wanting to see daylight waking up every day with the mm-hmm. fear in your chest and heaviness and a knot in your stomach it's just only so much a person can take with all that trauma and that's not just what's happening because you're also having to deal with regular life everything that's been on your plate already mm-hmm. and then you have this extra plate in front of you so it's overwhelming and wanting out is i think more common than uh we would think in a lot of people's minds yes for sure Uh, can you kind of describe to me kind of a chronological time order of the healing process that you went through and how long it took to get to a point where you started feeling like there was some lifting of the depression? Uh, my process uh, was very gradual. So when this started, uh, uh, like I mentioned in, in the interviews, there, is, there was a, it was real in my head that was, that was like hallucinations almost, and I couldn't explain it to anybody. And that real and me and my reality of my daily life, it wasn't connecting. Mm. And so that's where it started to get so intense to where I'm like walking around in my head on a hospital hallway looking for a baby. This is in my head. And then I have this baby that's newborn and healthy in my arms. And then I have him and his older brother who was two and a half to take care of. So these were like three different things happening. And all the trauma combined uh, started to become so intense to where it caused a lot of running out of the house episodes and a lot of panic, manic episodes, a lot of hiding, a lot of Mm. closing everything around the house, every source of light, everything was shut so that no light got into my home because light would scare me. And so it was a long and also Uh, traumatic experience and for me we went through the whole first year we didn't tell anyone Mm. because one 
we weren't sure what was going on exactly. Neither my husband or I were sure of what was going on because we come home with a baby. And it wasn't the same as the first one. It was uh, all this, all these manic panic episodes happening and we weren't sure of what was going on. So there's conflict between us. Then we get the diagnosis a few months later saying it is postpartum, so I'm on medication. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we started to seek out medical help and counseling and prayer all at the same time. Oh wow! So at this point, yeah. And so at this point, it is, I want it out. So it's just like any other illness. We get a diagnosis, you want out. You want to do everything that's right to get out of that illness or alleviate it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so we did all that. We took the medications. We did, uh, I went to see a counselor regularly. I got counseling also from our church. Um, And I also went for prayer to wherever we could find somebody that would Uh, pray over a person. Yes. We went uh, because uh, we needed out. And so when I didn't get my out from the Lord is when my all this that we were trying started to turn into rage and that rage started to be directed toward heaven in my case. And uh, I still remember one day when I put my babies to bed and I I was so overwhelmed with all this and I was feeling like I have to run out of the house again. And it's an episode that kept happening repeatedly where it would overwhelm my mind to the point where I couldn't control it and I would sprint out of the house and that Mm. was starting to happen. For some reason, I was able to control it that day. And so I walked out into my living room and I shook my fist at heaven. And I told God that I would never raise my boys to know him. Like I, it's almost like a, I swore to heaven that I'm never going to raise my boys to know you because this is what I get for mm. seeking help and seeking your face. Mm. Because I grew up Christian and this mm-hmm. is all I knew. This is all I knew. Going to the Lord was all I knew. And then, of course, the medical help and the counseling. So we were doing everything right. And when it didn't start, when it wasn't working out, I started to shake my fist at heaven and throw tantrums and scream into my floor and, you know, muffle myself and scream into a pillow wanting out. And I didn't get it. Mm. And Mm. so comes year four of my struggle and year after year, I was hoping this would be the year for my healing. This would be the year for my healing. And in year four of my struggle, I was at our church and I was sitting at an event for women and it was a large event and it was a night of comedy and I'm sitting with friends and the the, uh, sanctuary was packed Mm. and sitting in that sanctuary, everybody's laughing, there's games, there's prizes. And I felt absolutely alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, I'm the only person sitting in that room struggling and everybody else is laughing. Mm. So their lives are going great because they can laugh. Mm. I can't laugh. Mm. And I wanted to get out of there. Mm. I couldn't. I stayed the night and then I come home. And once I put the children to bed, I uh, was struggling with insomnia during that time frame of uh, the depression. And I sat up all night just this heavy feeling of you're alone and you're alone and you're too much of a shame factor to be around and Mm. you should just go into hiding. And all these feelings were intensifying within me. Mm -hmm. And I kept fighting with the Lord and getting angry and like, what is going on Lord? Mm. And, and like I mentioned a little earlier, I had uh, closed all my windows and 
pin them to the wall, you know, the drapes to the wall mm -hmm. so that no light would get into my room at all. Mm -hmm. And that morning when the sun came up, some kind of light did make it into the house. And I remember as that light got into the house, I had this strong impression on my heart that said, do you remember how you felt all this, this, the feelings that you experienced sitting in that crowd with all those women around you, your friends around you, the feelings you experienced this whole night, feeling like I want out, I'm ashamed, I'm alone, I am lonely, mm -hmm. all those feelings, you weren't the only one. There were other women mm. in those pews, in those rows, oh, experiencing yeah. exactly what you're going through. Mm. So you're not alone. And I want you to share your story. And okay. of course, I'm completely doubting that that voice because I'm thinking I don't have a story. I'm not healed. I haven't gotten anything out of this these four years of uh, going through just this traumatic depression. And so I wasn't ready to share my story, but just this nudge and a push from the Lord that kept, you know, pressing on my heart to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started to share my story. And this is where, uh, Brad, my healing, I can say, started to unfold. Uh, during my struggle, the only thing I can remember was me turning to the Lord as much as I could and uh, asking him for help and prayer and prayer and prayer and getting prayer mm -hmm. and journaling my feelings out on a piece of paper. All that is all I, I could do. Right. But the point where he started to ask me to share my story, and when I started to share in small groups and in individually with women in a, in a coffee shop. Every time I came back from one of those, I started to feel an ever so slight release in my heart. And I, it was very hard to explain. And I told someone else, you know, it was like a pie chart in my case, because uh, I didn't get my instant miracle healing that I wanted that I would have definitely preferred when I went seeking help and seeking prayer. And God gave me my healing through the word. God gave me my healing through me journaling. And then this experience of share your story during your struggle yeah. was one of the biggest, biggest parts of my healing because I started to hear back from other women saying the same mm -hmm. thing. I realized I wasn't alone. And as I shared my story with them, they, they shared their story with me. And I started to find that even without my knowledge, I was trying to encourage them. And mm. some of the words that fell out of my mouth would be words that I needed yeah. at that moment. And so when I, every time I came home from one of those coffee shops or those small groups, it was me experiencing one bandaid after the other being peeled off of my life. And it was like, it was a powerful way to be healed. Um, oh. I, I would have definitely preferred my miracle, but I feel like I wouldn't have much of the story to tell if I had that miracle right away. So, yeah, I, I would call my healing a pie chart. God used <laughs> different ways to sure. heal me. Sure. And that was his method of choice for uh, me. And oh, I'm yeah. grateful. Well, you know, it's very interesting because I felt very numb and very... Um, broken all the way up to starting Fresh Hope. And so there were many years of it. And 
just believing I was broken merchandise and I didn't have any passion in life, I, you know. But when I told my story and heard other people's stories and I realized that my story gave them hope, it lit the passion light back up in me um, because I saw a real purpose in my pain. And um, it brought healing to me, too, to tell my story, maybe at a different part of my timeline, but still, nonetheless, uh, sometimes I think we think in the church everybody's cleaned up and has it all together, and really what the church needs to be doing is talking about their brokenness so that we help each other. Yes, yes, I agree, yeah. I agree, and it's painful. Like you said, it's very painful but I believe it's a good kind of pain, just like when we try to work out and, you know, you have to endure good pain as you go through weight training and running and you come home and you're sore and you keep doing it. Right. That pain ends up being for your good. So it's a good pain yeah. that I needed to go through, even though it was painful to share my story, to put it out there and to put the shame out there. I feel like that pain was a good pain that did good for my myself it was uh, a healing pain others. yes yeah it, it was yeah like uh, people that need new hips or knees or have back problems will go in to surgery and say they're in terrible pain when they get out there's still a pain but it's a different pain and yes. then that pain goes away and the other pain is no longer there yeah yes. i like that idea i now just out of my own curiosity, when did you find out about Fresh Hope? How did you, where in your process was that when you blogged for us then and things like that? I would say it was around the time when I uh, started to share my story. So I uh, was starting to release my story out vocally, like with people and in small groups and then i started to blog for myself like putting it out on a website mm -hmm. and then i started i really can't remember but i want to say i came across a website as i was just uh googling statistics and stuff like mm -hmm. that and i i uh, reached out to the ministry if i'm not wrong i'm not very clear on that right now but and um you know from there started to uh, blog for your for your ministry as well so it was pretty much uh when i first started sharing my story and then when i was still also going through the depression so uh it, i wasn't blogging when i had all the answers sure. it, was, so it was an experience of exactly what i told you sharing yeah, with people it was part but of I was the just journey doing it yes i was just doing it on paper or on, on our on your website well, as I listen to you say that, I'm going to say that if we can find those blog posts, we're also <laughs> going to include those in the show notes because uh, that'll be very interesting. And I, I encourage Julie that if she'd still like to write some, we'd love to to post them. Uh, sometimes people have written things for us and someone else had all the contact with them. And so sometimes it gets past me and uh, when I started talking to Julie on the phone today, I found out, boy, oh boy, yes, I should know about her. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Julie, what would you say to people who are going through 
the deepest, darkest part of depression, what would you tell them? How, what would you say to them? Um, the deepest, darkest part is definitely the one you think you're never going to get out of. It's that feeling where every, every room, every place you're at feels like it's a miserable place to be. So you're miserable at home, you're miserable mm. at church, you're miserable at the grocery store, you're yes. miserable while you're driving. It feels like there is no end. And I can totally relate to that. I have many days where that feeling wouldn't go away and I would just scream into my carpet and like you said, want out. Yeah. Uh, but there is always, always an end to every suffering. Um, always even mm. if it's illness if it's pain in our bodies if it's some kind of experience of work that's unpleasant there's always an outlet there's always a healing at the end of it uh mm -hmm. so my my biggest uh my biggest out at that point was clinging on to hope in god which was not easy to do at that time because you didn't want to cling on to somebody who didn't want to pull you out immediately. You're right. And so, and so, but for me, that's all I knew. Like I, I repeatedly said in the interview, that's all I knew. God was all I knew. Yep. Jesus was all I knew. Like Peter said, God, you are the one with the words of life. Where will I go? That's all I knew. So sure. I, I kept clinging on to that. And my my healing the hopelessness was only lifted gradually and slowly but there is always a healing from your pain this never lasts forever yes um so don't give up don't give up do whatever it takes if you, if you sharing your story will bring you healing choose that route if you writing out your pain will bring you healing choose that route mm -hmm. whatever it takes to ease your heart because at that point if we focus on the bigger picture of I want all this healed right now mm -hmm. it's it's overwhelming and it's only going to be pressing on the fact that you want out more and it, mm -hmm. you know trying to expedite that aspect of wanting out but I think if we can focus on the smaller little things that would bring you healing right. one step at a time I would focus on that. Yeah, I, in fact, I would have to say that it's important to uh, just do the next right step. Just do the next thing. And uh, those steps make up a journey. And um, yeah, I relate to the wanting out of it. Um, I, I really feel like what you really did from what I can tell is what I would say you really used godly laments where you yes. you complained to God, you told him what the problem was and that you needed him to solve it. And yet you would, I don't know if you said this in your prayers, but uh, the best kind of lament that we, lamenting we can do as Christians to keep us from ruminating is to say at the end of the lament, like the godly laments in scripture, and Lord, while I wait for you to fix this, I will trust you. I don't like it, but I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to choose to believe in you, you know, because that loops us out of that ruminating, at least, you know. 
Yep, I agree. I agree. And like you said, it is absolutely okay, which I wasn't aware of at the time, because every time I expressed my raw emotions to the Lord, I would feel so guilty. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And you said when we started to look into the laments of the scripture, there were lots of people in the scripture that complained and expressed their true feelings Ooh, to the Lord. Yes. Yeah. And he never went away. He was always right. still there because he's the one who chose to love us first. Well, and so I that's be- never going to go away. Absolutely. I, I think the Christian church is very guilty of wanting to uh, bypass pain. So we bypass pain and apply joy to it. And that's kind of like putting sugar on top of a gaping wound, you know. It, it's not time for the sugar. It's not time for, you got to clean out the wound. You got to get all that out. And I think the Lord who created us, of course, he knows that we need to do that. And those emotions have to be dealt with. And that's why we have to talk. And when we tell our stories to one another, we are processing our pain. That's what we know about trauma, you know. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, well, it's so encouraging hearing hearing you. And um, you have a book, right? Hope Inside Out? Yes, I do. Can you tell us a little bit about it and where people might pick that up? Um, Hope Inside Out, again, was written during the journey uh, towards the point where I started to share my story gradually. Mm -hmm. And I would pretty much say a lot of it was out of my own journals. When God asked me, uh, when the Lord put it on my heart to start sharing my story and this pressing to put it on paper started to happen, I, I went what am I going to say? And the inspiration was go back to your journals. And so a lot of it is pulled out from my journals and it's just as honest as can be my spiritual experiences, my emotional breakdowns, everything. Uh, It is available on Amazon and uh, a, a few other websites, but on my website, several places, but yes, it's the easiest one I'm guessing to access would be Amazon. Yes. You know, I keep calling you Julie, and it's actually Jules, right? No, Jules? No, You're... it is Julie. It is Julie. Okay, the website, yeah. though, is JulesThomas.com? Yes, because Julie Thomas was taken, and Jules is my nickname. So we went with we went with JulesThomas.com because Julie Thomas was taken. So, right. Yes. So it's J-U-L-S. <laughs> L-S. Thomas. With a T H O M A S dot com, uh, yeah, I think I need to read your book, Hope Inside Out. I I think that would be a wonderful um, thing to do, and I'd encourage our listeners to pick it up, especially if you're struggling. You know, because the one thing that Julie said to us today is that the Lord told her in that group of all those women that she was not alone, and yet the lies of depression and what the enemy wants us to believe is that we really are all alone mm-hmm. and that there's nobody, you know, because that's the way he keeps us isolated. Uh, you know, depression is a big liar. It, it tells a lot of lies and, um, you know, the enemy loves to use it in in ways to press in on us to hold us even more captive to something that's already a physiological issue so um 
you know, remember what Julie said, because what the Lord told her that next day or whatever it was, was that she was not alone. And you are not alone. And reading her story, hearing her story, helps us to know that. And by George, I really believe that healing also comes by sharing um, because um, it, it releases something in us. And um, Julie's story proves that also. I had a seminary professor that uh, was from Korea. And I, I must have a little ADHD or something, or it was my bipolar or whatever at the seminary, but I would get bored in class. And especially if I couldn't understand what the professor was saying, you know, it was like really hard to understand him. And do you know that he had a little saying, and it's the one thing I remember from his class was that there's a Korean saying, I guess, that says, when you have something joyful, share it. It multiplies the joy. And when you um, have something uh, burdening you, share it because it divides the load. And mm. I really think that's part of how we process, you know? And it's so much why we need connection, don't you think? I totally agree. You to I totally agree, like I said, in the small groups when I started to share uh, my story and it released everybody else in the room. You know, some some shared more and some shared less depending on their level of comfort, but it became a, a place of uh, just placing our burdens in front of each other and not having to be ashamed in front of each other anymore, realizing every time we saw each other the next time, hey, uh, that there's another person that's like me and it just lifts so much heaviness off of your chest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Julie, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you might be working as a life coach these days. Uh, no, no, not currently. Oh, no. not currently. Okay. But I, yes, I am trained uh, uh, in life coaching. Okay. And uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for your ministry that is reaching so many and um, uh, like a person like me that Google it and found you, mm. the word hope means so much. Uh, and does. I thank you for using it in your, um, in your title, the title of your ministry and also for using it in your message. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being with us. Would you mind sh um, sharing a word of prayer for our listeners today? Absolutely. Father, Father God, just thank you. Thank you for who you are in all of our lives. Uh, even as we all lead our individual lives and we're distant from each other, God, the connecting factor is you. And I thank you that you are mm -hmm. there for each one of us in whatever we're going through. You've already been where we are. Mm -hmm. You understand. And you're a God who comforts us so we can comfort others mm -hmm. with the same comfort that we have received from you Amen. and i thank you for that comfort lord and i pray that we would be selfless in sharing that comfort with other people and let this continue let it spread like a virus lord god let yes. this comfort from the holy spirit spread like 
a virus through each and every one of us, Lord, that's mm -hmm. hurt before or is hurting. Help us to not let shame hold us back. Amen. Help us to know that Jesus himself has endured trauma and dread and hopelessness like we have or we are to the point where in Gethsemane, he sweat drops of blood. Yes. And Lord, we thank you for uh, for revealing those to us on the pages of scripture. Thank you for not hiding his his raw emotions mm -hmm. from the scriptures. Thank you for revealing them to us so we can see that we don't serve somebody who is too far to reach, but it is a God that is by us, that is our helper and our comforter. And I pray you bless everyone under the sound of my voice today mm. to be healed and to be a source of healing uh, for the glory of your name. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again so much. I appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for yeah. considering and uh, sharing my story. You I'm bet. Humbled. Thank you. You bet. Well, be sure if you didn't watch the video prior to listening to the podcast, like I suggested, be sure to do it now because um, and, and share Julie's story, share her video on social media, as well as uh, maybe pick up a copy of her book, Hope Inside Out. Well, my friends, uh, we want to thank you for listening to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. I pray that it uh, is very beneficial to you and helpful. We'd love to hear from you uh, with ideas, questions, suggestions. Pastor Brad at freshhope.us. I read all the emails or um, I know about all of the emails. Maybe it's a better way to say it. Um, if you connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, all those kinds of things. We have groups online as well as we have groups in uh, locations around the globe in about 14 different countries. And would you mind doing me a favor? If you're listening to this on iTunes, would you leave a comment, uh, just an honest comment? It helps others find the podcast more easily through iTunes. We have books, we have groups, we have all these kinds of things and be sure and tell your friends about the program. Well, until next time, may the Lord fill you with his hope, fresh and new daily. I'm Brad Hafes, and this has been another edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. You've been listening to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. If you have an opportunity, please review, share, and subscribe to the Fresh Hope for Mental Health podcast on iTunes or on the service that you use. We encourage you to share our podcast on social media with your friends and family. Previous podcasts of Fresh Hope for Mental Health can be found at freshhopeformentalhealth.com, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. Fresh Hope is one of the leading networks of faith-based peer support groups internationally. For more information about Fresh Hope, go to freshhope.us.